My, isn't it great to come together and worship the Lord and celebrate His goodness and celebrate His presence here today. If you have not yet felt the presence of the Lord or encountered His touch, I pray before you walk out of these doors that you would have a supernatural divine encounter with God that will affect you this day and the rest of this week and the rest of your life. Hallelujah. For God is here. And His Holy Spirit is moving and ministering and wanting to do great things in and through your life. And the good thing about it is He'll even reach through these cameras and He'll reach through this audio and He'll reach into the radio audience and He'll touch you right where you're at, whether you're driving a vehicle or sitting at home or at work listening or if you're able to tune in live to the video or later on to the video. God is no respecter of persons and there is no time or distance that can cut Him out. He'll come right in and touch you right where you're at. Come on, Centerville, I mean Christian Embassy. Boy, I'm stepping back in time. Come on, Christian Embassy. Let's welcome everyone who's tuned in. We welcome you. For you who didn't catch that slip, years ago in 92 when we started the church, we named it Centerville Christian Fellowship. And uh, that was our original name. And then the Lord says, well, that was your name, but my name's Christian Embassy International Church. So we said, Lord, we're going to go with you. And we changed the name. And, uh, and that, that, I don't know where that came from, but maybe I'm feeling a little nostalgic today for some reason or another. Uh, we are here to kind of tie together some study that we've been doing on Wednesday night on faith. For we know that without faith, it's impossible to please God. The currency of heaven is faith. We have to learn how to work our faith. That's what we've been talking about on Wednesday nights. Now for several weeks, I'm learning to work my faith. Because if I'll work my faith, my faith will work. Amen. And the Bible tells us that without faith, it's impossible to please God. So we know that faith has to be a vital part of our Christian experience, but we know that faith is not something that we just believe and just to hold on to. James tells us faith without works is dead. Just as the body without the spirit is dead, faith without works is dead. So we have to learn how to work our faith. And in that, I celebrate the fact of uh, what God has said on this Labor Day. And happy Labor Day. Tomorrow I know it's Labor Day, but happy Labor Day weekend to you guys. We, for, as folks created in the image of God, we have this desire to celebrate days. I know, I know it's from God, and I'll tell you why in a minute, but we think we have to come up with a day so that we can have a celebration that day. We have a birthday we want to celebrate, an anniversary date we want to celebrate. We want to celebrate, you know, an Independence Day. Hey, we had independence from England. We're going to celebrate that day. We're going to celebrate Memorial Day. We're going to celebrate Labor Day. We're going to celebrate, uh, you know, uh, Thanksgiving Day, we're going to celebrate Christmas Day, we're going to celebrate Resurrection Sunday, we're going to, we just look for days to celebrate, we now have a, it's celebrate your puppy day, celebrate your cat day, celebrate wearing red high heels day, celebrate going with uh, your hair unwashed day, I mean we come up with anything because there's something in us that loves to celebrate days. And I'm going to show you today why I believe that is in us. And I'm going to free you so you can start celebrating every day. Hebrews 11 and 1 tells us about faith that it is a now faith. It is for today. Our faith is for today. It's for right now. Faith, now faith 
is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not yet seen, but it needs to be a now faith, not a faith on the shelf, not a faith something you learned years ago, but what is happening right now today. We've been talking about how to bring cultural transformation and, and, and territorial breakthrough because the enemy comes in and wants to hold on to what really belongs to us and belongs to God. And God says, I've come as the second Adam. Jesus Christ came to, to fix what the first Adam broke. Okay, when the first Adam gave the access and the authority and the keys to the enemy through disobedience, Jesus came through obedience and took it back. And before he ascended unto heaven, he said, now you, the church, I'm giving it to you. I'm giving you the keys to the kingdom. I'm giving you the authority. Whatever you bind, whatever on earth is bound in heaven, whatever you loose on earth is loose in heaven. This authority I'm giving to you is over all the power of the enemy, and he binds no means shall harm you. So we are to be about advancing the kingdom of God and bringing cultural and territorial breakthrough and saying, devil, you've had your, your nasty, slimy uh, palms on it too long. You got to get your hands off. You got to get out. When Jesus went to Gadara, there was a man there that was bound. There was territorial bondage. And when Jesus' footprint touched the sand, the demons started trembling and they start begging him, send us at least into the pigs and then the pig says if you're in with us we're not we can't stay on this land there's territorial breakthrough and they jumped into the sea you know that same authority we have we should not just sit back and let demons do what they want live where they want and take what they want we need to exercise territorial breakthrough territorial transformation and that is to be done through the authority and the power of God. Now, I, I've been teaching on there's an atmosphere where territorial breakthrough uh, seems to prosper, seems to really manifest, and that is one, an, an atmosphere of faith. That's why we've been teaching on faith. Now, faith has to be a now faith, a today faith, but faith is an atmosphere where we will have the authority, know we have the authority, use our authority to uh, bring territorial breakthrough. Another one of the, uh, the atmospheres that is needed for cultural transformation is an atmosphere of praise and worship. That's not just singing songs. That's not just going through the motions. That's not just getting the tune that you like. But it is where we say whether I like the tune or not, I like the beat or not, that's not what is important. What's important is that Jesus Christ be lifted up. That Jesus Christ be, uh, that we ascribe glory and honor and praise and thanksgiving to Him. If you could get this church, that there is such a, a supernatural download, a supernatural setup by God for you for success when you will come and say no rock is going to praise him in my place I'm going to praise my God I may not feel like it I may not I may not even like what I'm hearing right now but that does not do away with the fact that my God deserves glory my God deserves praise my God said he loves it when I lift my hands to him he loves it when I shout he loves it when I sing Hosanna he loves it when I sing hallelujah 
Hallelujah. He loves it when I dance before Him, when I praise Him, when I sing unto Him, and I stand in His presence. Hallelujah. He loves that. So it's not something that, that's for our flesh. It's for Him, and we're doing it because we are a people of faith, and we know this pleases our God. This blesses our God. And God's like He's a reciprocating God. One of the laws He sets up is the law of reciprocation, and that is, you know, with that law of reciprocity, whatever you sow, you're going to reap. Whatever you give out is coming back to you, but it's coming back to you, pressed down, shaking together and running over. So when you begin to bless him, and he says, when you stand before me, you bless me. When you raise your hands, you bless me. When you shout, hallelujah, you bless me. When you clap your hands, you bless me. When you dance before me, you bless me. When you sing unto me songs of praise, you bless me. We're sowing blessings unto God. You know what? By his very nature and character, what he's going to do? There's a, a, that law of reciprocation is taking place. Reciprocity is going to bring back blessing to you, pressed down, shaking together, and running over. It's just how God does it. But if you sit back and say, you know what, I just, whatever, you know, this ain't, I ain't feeling it, you know, it ain't for you to feel it. Do you get it? That's not the atmosphere of praise and worship. It's not for you to feel it. It's to say, everybody in my circle is going to know that my God is a good God. That my God has brought me through. Even when I didn't see Him bring me through, He brought me through. Even when I was to die in the middle of the night and didn't know I was going to die, He brought me through. He saved me. He delivered me. He is a good God. He's worthy of glory. He is worthy of honor. This ain't about me. This is about Him. This isn't about what I feel. This is about what he feels. Hallelujah. I want him to feel good. I want him to feel lifted up. I want him to feel praise. Hallelujah. So an atmosphere of praise and worship is an atmosphere needed where cultural transformation can take place. And then in this teaching, that third atmosphere is a, an atmosphere of unity where we come together in the name of Jesus. We come together for the cause of Christ. We come together to fulfill His purpose and His will, not our purpose and not our will. So the enemy is going to fight us in these three areas because the enemy knows if we get a culture of faith or an atmosphere of faith and if we get an atmosphere of praise and worship and we get an atmosphere of unity, he knows he's lost. He's lost. That the church will march forward triumphant. He knows that. So what he's going to do is he's going to try and throw mud and try to throw uh, some type of wrench in the gear works of those three areas. And you can recognize that's what he's going to tempt you with. He's going to tempt you in the area of faith. He's going to get you to say, well, it didn't work out the way I thought it would work out, so maybe God ain't going to do what God is saying. You know, I don't know if I can really trust the word. I just don't know. Let me tell you what. If you want to back away from trusting the word, what else are you going to trust? What else has stood the test of time for thousands and thousands of years? What else has been unified? What else has been backed up geographical studies, backed up with biological studies, backed up with every kind of historical study, backed up from secular historians even in the day? Everything of the Word is found to be true. Everything of the Word is found to be supernatural. Everything of the Word. So, so if you go back up from the one thing that the martyrs have stood for, that the dictators and emperors who hated God tried to destroy, 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 destroy the Bible. Get rid of the Bible. Ceausescu said in Romania, get rid of the Bible. He was afraid of the Bible. We go back to dictators on and on. They were afraid of the Bible. Why in the world are they afraid of something if it really ain't nothing? So the enemy's trying to fight you in your area of faith. So if God's word says it, it's true. And it's going to stand when nothing else stands. Well, it didn't work out the way I did. Well, maybe you're not learned to work your faith yet. 
Instead of us damning God and finding fault with God, and we know He's infallible, we know He is infinite, we know He is holy, why we who are unholy, we who need Him, we who are the potter's clay made into pottery, why do we want to uh, come against the potter and say He has a flaw when maybe there in our broken state is a flaw yet to be worked out of us? Right? So I'm always the student. I say, I want to learn. I'm not judging you, God, but I bring judgment on myself to see what do I need to learn? What areas do I need to learn? So the enemy is going to fight you in the area of faith. He's going to fight you in the area of praise and worship. I believe that's why uh, we were contacted with Terry McCalman's office and said we've done a, uh, we did a, a raffle. No, no money involved. But he says we have limited, we have so many resources that we just feel God's called us to use to go. We're going to pay our own way. We just feel like God wants us to go. And uh, so we, we drew Christian Embassy as a church. We, you know, the lot, the lot fell on us. Like the lot fell on Matthias to fill Judas's shoes to become the disciple there. The lot fell on us. And I'm like, would you, would you host us? We are coming to the East Coast. The Lord gave us Christian embassy. Can we come to your church? And this guy has been one of my favorites. I don't know if I've ever felt the anointing of God so free in, in worship like with him. That doesn't make him perfect. That makes him a, a target of the enemy. But let me tell you what, he, he, he has a key. He has his key and it opens that door for a flow of worship like, like I've never experienced. And as we started the healing rooms, even 15 years ago, we were using his music uh, in, in, our, in the soaking rooms and using his music even in the rooms that we would pray with the people on because it just opens that, the heavens in such an amazing way. And here we've been teaching on the atmosphere of praise and worship where we get be out of ourselves and see it's God. It's God. I'm telling you, that's why if there's an opportunity to worship God, I'm going not to put any, any guilt or any focus on anybody. But let me tell you what, you're going to see me stand and you're going to see me lift my hands. You say, well, that's just not my culture. Well, my culture is heaven. OK, my earthly culture, I'd, I'd be if I went with my earthly culture, I'd be I'd be damning God's name. That's what I grew up hearing. And I would be cursing him and farthest away from the church. I would be so far from the church on Sunday, not in the church. And I would not be speaking highly of God. I'd, I'd be speaking very negatively. If so, I, I had to get out of my culture. And then I had a religious culture that got out of that culture that said everything's got to be prime and proper and all you know, controlled and into and, and a minuscule. You know, everything had to, the bell rings at 12, you got to get out of there. Everything had to be so perfect. And, and I went through that and I had so much pain and hurt that I was dying inside, which then became manifest to, to die on the outside is it gets suicidal. And, and it's like this, this religious God couldn't help me. But thank God, there's a real God. Hallelujah. And He saved my life. And I'm not going to be ashamed of Him because I found out He is true. He is real. And he does, if He says he, he loves us to worship Him, He loves for us to stand in His presence, He loves for us to lift our hands, He loves for us to clap, He loves for us to shout. I don't care what culture you come from, you're not going to impose that culture in this house because as the shepherd of this house, I want to honor Him. I'm not here to please man, I'm here to please Him. 
but I love you, and I, and I, I love you guys, but as your shepherd, I'm trying to lead you into green pastures and still waters where God has us because a culture of true praise and worship opens up that, that environment. It opens up an atmosphere where the supernatural manifest of God can take place. And I'm telling you, our world needs to see the mighty hand of God at work. Our world needs to see the authority of God putting under the powers of darkness and not letting them roam and rule at freedom the way they think they can do. And the world needs God and the church is the conduit to bring heaven to earth, but we have to have an atmosphere of faith. We have to have an atmosphere of true praise and worship and we have to have an atmosphere of divine unity. And so the enemy's going to try and fight you. In, in one of the three or all three, he's going to try to fight you in your faith. He's going to try to fight you over praise and worship. So if you feel a little irritation and a little agitation during praise and worship, well, that ain't just like what I want. Well, it's not my selection. All right, let me tell you what. Just say, devil, I rebuke you. Flesh, you are weak. Flesh, if the Bible says if I walk according to the flesh, I will not inherit the kingdom of God. So flesh, shut up. Flesh. It's just like when you're on a diet and you know that dozen of Krispy Kreme donuts is going to give you a heart attack and give you sugar diabetes and put you in the hospital. You ride by Krispy Kreme and you look at that and say, well, the sign's on. That's a sign from the Lord. Nope, that's a sign from the devil. You better pass it on by. Say, flesh, you don't need that. You don't need that flesh, you know. Right? You don't let your flesh get anything it wants. You better not. If you're married and, and something passes by you and the devil says, hey, this is better and your grass is greener on the other side, that's just because they hadn't emptied out the septic tank. Okay? You better be careful. But you tell that flesh, you better be careful. Flesh, you don't run the show here. So the devil's going to fight you over faith. He's going to fight you over praise and worship. And he's going to fight you over unity. Well, this just ain't the way we usually do it. Well, this just ain't how I like it. Well, this ain't... Come on now. It's not about you. It's not about you. When you get home, and if you're in authority over your home, and you don't like eating out of paper plates, and say, we're going to eat out of real china, well, then you call the shots in your home. But if you're in God's house, and, and, and God's house, they say, we're going to eat out of paper plate. Well, I just don't eat out. That ain't your house. This is God's house. If you want anything to eat, eat out of paper plate. Come on now. Don't let your flesh get you into a, a, a violating the atmosphere of unity over silliness. Over silliness. The devil laughs. He laughs at what little silly things he can use to keep a supernaturally charged, empowered by God church powerless. Powerless. So I'm so excited about next Sunday with, with Terry McCallman coming because I, I really, I believe you're going to see what I'm saying. And you're going to say, wait a minute, we're not going back. We're going forward. We're going forward. So sometimes you got to have, you know, somebody that's, that's there coming in to keep reminding you, there's more, there's more. Thank God for the praise and worship at Christian Amity. I love, I love it, I love it, love it, love it. But I don't want us to stop. That's what I'm saying. There's more. we got to keep moving forward. There's more. There's more. And, and with that, it's good. Hallelujah. As long as God is getting the glory and the honor and the praise. Amen? Amen. So we're going to look at this, uh, this importance of this now faith 
being executed today. All of us want to celebrate. Okay, some of you, what is it? It's Secretary Celebrate Day. It's Celebrate uh, Boss Day. It's Celebrate Puppy Day. It's Celebrate Kitty Cat Day. It's Celebrate, you know, we, we look for days to celebrate. And I believe the reason why I found it in the Scripture. So if you look at Psalms 118 with me, I believe I'm going to show you. This is the center book of the Bible. This chapter is the center chapter of the Bible, very middle of the Bible, Martin Luther's favorite chapter. And when we get down to verse 8, you'll see the exact middle verse. That is the exact middle of the Bible. And I believe God has given me this assignment today uh, as the Spirit of God is saying that uh, He is stirring His spirit of expectation. In us, there's things that's been dormant in us, and I believe God says He's stirring expectation for you to believe Him for some God sized things to happen. Oh, you've believed Him for the little hangnail to get healed and the little headache to go away, and thank God He takes care of even every, He takes the count of even every hair that falls from our head. So we're not minimizing anything, but I want to push you today to believe God for God sized things. I want you to be a miracle, miracle people expecting miracles of God every day of your life. If the things in the Bible never happened in our lives and never become visible in our lifetime, then this just becomes a book. It becomes a religious manual, not the life-giving book. Our generation that is coming up needs to see the supernatural manifest of God in and through our lives, church. It is our responsibility not to hold back the hand of God, but to welcome the hand of God to move in and through our midst. Somebody say amen. amen. Psalms 118 verse 1, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His mercy endures forever. You come into this house, let me tell you what, you've got reason to give thanks to God. Why? Because He's good. He's good. His mercy endures forever. He is a good God. All oh, that we would start seeing how we should be ascribing to Him rather than Him ascribing to us, rather than us seeking His hand but seeking His face, saying, my God is a good God. I'm here to give thanks to God. Hallelujah, for He is good. Look at verse 5. I called to the Lord in distress, and the Lord answered me and set me in a broad place. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do to me? The Lord is for me among those who help me. Uh, for, uh, it is better to trust. This is the center of the Bible, this verse. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princes. You push me violently that I might fall, but the Lord helped me. The Lord is my strength. He is my song. He has become my salvation. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. I've seen the right hand of the Lord, by the way. I can guarantee you I can stand and testify the right hand of God is real or I wouldn't have been here even today. For the, he said the right hand of the Lord does valiantly. The right hand of the Lord is exalted. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. Do you hear that? We've got to declare the word of God. We're not going to die. We're going to live. We're going to live. Why? We need to declare the works of the Lord. And then verse 24, this is the day. Brother Harry, this is your verse here. This is the day the Lord has made. We will, we will, not we feel, 
Okay, we will. If you're waiting till you feel it, you may never do it. This is the day. We all are created by God in His image. And He has given us every day to celebrate. That's why if we don't have something to celebrate, we make up something to celebrate. Why in the world we got to make up a kitty cat day? Or we got to make up a gerbil day? Or, or this is a ferret day? Or this? Why we got to make up stuff when we know this is the day that the Lord has made? That's enough reason for us to rejoice and be glad in it. Hallelujah. If you believe the Word of God is true, and I hope you do, and if you believe God that is a, not a man that He should lie, and I hope you do, and if you believe that Psalms 118 is a part of the Bible, and I hope you do, I say to you today, the power to believe is the greatest power in all the world. I pray today you will believe God, you'll believe His Word, you'll believe what He has said by His Spirit, and because the power of, to, to believe is the greatest power in the world. Did you know the power to believe is greater than mighty men and might and armies and it's greater than governmental powers, greater than sociological or psychological or even demonic powers. The power to believe is greater than demonic powers. Yes, the power to believe. Jesus said to him, if you can believe, you all things are possible to him who believes. Mark 9, 23. If you can believe, he said, all things are possible to you who will believe. All things are possible to you who will believe. Will you believe? If you believe, Jesus said, all things are possible. Hallelujah. Our church takes a threefold approach. We take it, uh, the head, the heart, and the hand. With our head, we know that's how we think. I don't believe in, uh, that a healthy church says you're supposed to check your brains at the door. I don't believe that. You say, well, you know, we got to just walk by faith. Well, I tell you what, God gives us a head, a heart, and a hand, okay? I believe in the intelligence of the Holy Spirit. I believe in the genius of God. When you see how the brain works, and that just gray matter, but how it works, it is supernatural. It is divine. It is absolutely amazing. So I believe God has given us a head with a mind so for us to think and to learn and to understand and to contain the concepts and the knowledge of God in our mind. But it doesn't have to stay just there. He also has given us a heart. And I believe as we have this heart that this heart is where we believe, the Bible says. It is faith that is in my heart. For with the heart, man believes unto righteousness, the Bible says. So it's with our heart. Not the organ of the heart, but the heart of man. For the issues of life proceed out of the heart. Matters of the heart are very, very important. So God has given us a head. He has given us a heart. But He's also given us a hand. And the hand is that which causes us to do. And they all work in conjunction. It's not just one or the other. They work together. Because the heart tells me why I should do something, okay? Doing the right thing for the right reason, being true to my heart. But my head tells me how to do it. It's the strategy maker. So the heart says what to do, the head says how to do it, and the hand is there to help you do it, to implement it. So we are, are thinking people, that's what I do here, I want to get thinking people to feel something, and feeling people to think something, so everybody can do something for the glory of God. Does that make sense? 
And we live in these two worlds at the same time. We live in this physical and spiritual world at the same time. What we see, what we don't see. One is temporal, one is eternal, okay? So while we want to be smart and use our heads, we also have to be smart enough to understand that there are some things that we yet don't, we can't explain. There's, there's some things that happen we can't explain. We have to trust God in those circumstances. We have to know that God is true, His Word is true, His promises are real, His promises are ours, and, 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 and with our fallibility, we yet cannot see. We see, as Paul said, through a glass dimly. So we can't make the full judgment of the things that we yet don't understand, but we have to take God at His Word and move forward. One of those is we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness in heavenly places. So there's a war that's going on. There's a casualty of war. We understand that. There's armor of God in which we are to fight and doing that. But yet, it's kind of like we're fighting the invisible man when you're dealing in the spirit realm. That's why we need the Spirit of God. Because the Spirit of God leads us in, into an insight that we cannot have through our head, heart, and hand uh, experience. So we have to become people of the Spirit. People ask me, he says, are you a Pentecostal church? Or are you a, you know, ask me denominational things and all that. And I said, we're a Spirit-filled, Spirit-led church. And he said, well, what does that mean? I said, we want all of the Holy Spirit flowing in us and through us every day, the life, the life function, the breath of God, the Spirit of God. We want the gifts of God working. We want the, the ministry of God. We want, we want the fruit of the Spirit uh, manifesting in and through our lives. But we are not smart enough to take those uh, uh, you know, theological concepts and operate in them with our limited sight. We need the Holy Spirit to lead us. We want to be led by the Spirit. We want to learn to hear the Spirit. We want to be prompted by the Spirit. We want to be moved by the Spirit. And they say, well, I don't understand. I said, just hang out here and you'll learn how. Some things you just can't teach. You just got to experience. You got to walk it out, right? You can sit there and tell a toddler how to walk all the day, but until they get up and start trying to learn how to walk, that's how they learn how to walk, right? So you got to walk in the Spirit. You just got to come along, come along. If you fall, that's okay. We'll help you up. Good job, good job, good try. Let's keep going. Amen. But I'm here to tell you God has created us so that we will celebrate every day when we understand that we are the force of God here on earth to advance His kingdom and we have a purpose and a destiny. Every day we learn to celebrate every day. See, let me tell you what. Your life can change for good beginning today, beginning right now. But here's what you got to do. You got to believe the words of God are true for you today. For today. You got to expect something good to happen based on the promises of God's word today. Don't say, well, you know, by Thursday. No, today. Today, September the 1st, 2019, before the sun goes down, I'm expecting something good to happen based on the promises of God's Word today. Hallelujah. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice in this day. We're not waiting to Thursday. Let's do it today. Let's see God's hand move in our life today. Let's see a miracle manifest from heaven today. Let's see a breakthrough today. Come on. Will you believe God with me for every day? Trust in God's love and character today. Hallelujah. See, there are some things for today in God's plan for mankind. He said in 2 Corinthians 6, there in those two verses, we then are workers together with Him. We're co-laborers with God. 
Also, we plead with you not to receive the grace of God in vain. For he says, in an acceptable time, I have heard you. And in the day of salvation, I have helped you. Behold now. Now. Say now. Come on, help me out. I need help preaching. Now. That means today is the accepted time. So we don't have to wait until Thursday or Friday. Today. Behold, now. Today is the day of salvation. And that word salvation, he chose, satiria, uh, from the Greek. That's what the Holy Spirit chose, which means the whole blessed package. Hallelujah. So he wants you to receive the whole blessed package today. He wants you to open up your gift today. He wants you to receive a miracle today. He wants you to receive the love of God today. He wants you to receive the joy of the Lord today. Today. Today is the day, he said. Not tomorrow. Today. This is the day that the Lord has made. Oh, let us rejoice. Oh, let us rejoice and be glad in it. So let me just tell you how to live the life that God has for you today. Now is the time, number one, for you to live the abundant life. So I'm not backing down. I'm starting today. I don't know why here's Thursday. Somebody must think Thursdays is a good day for you. Thursday is a good day, but I'm telling you this Sunday is a good day. And tomorrow, Monday's a good day. And Tuesday's a good day. And when, don't be whining about Mondays. Oh, blue Monday, black Monday, or whatever. I'm telling you what, every day is the day that the Lord has made. The thief comes but to kill, steal, and destroy. That is true. But I've come, Jesus said, that you might have abundant life. He wants you to have that abundant Zoe life today. He wants you to have the whole blessed package today. Hallelujah. So he wants you to receive all that he has for you today. Secondly, now is the time for us to have peace. Peace that surpasses all understanding. These things I've spoken to you, that in me you may have peace in the world, that you will, you're going to have tri tribulation, he said, but be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. The world's trying to beat you down, but I overcame the world. The world system that Satan had invaded is trying to destroy you, but I've overcome the world. Be of good cheer. It's time to put a smile on your face. It's time for you to get rid of that stinking attitude and say, wait a minute, my God has overcome the devil. All I got to do is rejoice in him and receive his victory today. Hallelujah. Today. Today. Today is the day. Praise the Lord. And we've got to, we just got to learn to celebrate life today. We're his children today. He's on our side today. We have a home in heaven today. He is for us and not against us today. Come on now. We've got so much to say that we have a reason to rejoice. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Somebody needs to get a little pep in your step right now. You've got to say, man, I'm not going to feel it. I'm going to will it. I'm not going to feel it. I'm going to will it. I will rejoice and be glad in it today. And now is also the time to rejoice. To rejoice. Stop waiting until you get some windfall to rejoice. If that be the case, I would, if I was the Lord, I'd say you're never getting a windfall. If you, can only, if you can only find reason to rejoice, if you get a windfall, come on now. Man, we get a windfall every day. I was on my way to hell, and the amazing grace of God took a blind man and made me see, and now I'm on my way to heaven. I've got a windfall every day of my life. And if I can't see that, if I've got to have a tax refund to make me rejoice, how short-sighted am I? I've got eternity. I've got a name written in the Lamb's book of life. I've got God with me and for me me and not against me rejoice today Paul said in Philippians 4 and 4 from a prison cell my circumstances are not favorable he said but that does not 
negate the fact that I, as well as I encourage you, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. Now, he writes that from troubled circumstances. I'm telling you, stop waiting until your bank account gets full. Start rejoicing now. Stop waiting until the doctor gives you a good report. Start rejoicing now. Stop waiting till your children get it all together. Start rejoicing now. Stop waiting till that urge or, or, or that dependency leaves you. Start rejoicing now. Come on now. Think about it. The worst thing that can happen to you is you die and go to heaven. That's the worst that can happen to a believer. You die and go to heaven. Come on now. Life's not that hard. Stop being so uptight about everything. Look at somebody beside you and say, loosen up. Just look at them. Loosen up. Loosen up. <laughs> Hallelujah. See, God raised Jesus from the dead. Jesus conquered sin. Jesus conquered disease. Jesus conquered death. Jesus conquered fear. That's reason for us to rejoice. So stop coming up with reasons why you shouldn't rejoice. God has given you a life to be lived in the full now, starting today. Starting today. Hallelujah. Praise God. We have so much reason to rejoice. Let me tell you what. He's here in our midst. Don't you feel His presence? He's on our side. Isn't that great? If God be for us, who can be against us? He's given us His name. He's given us His word. He's given us His spirit. He's given us His power. He's given us all things pertaining to life and godliness. He's given to us. What is there not to celebrate? What is there not to praise God about? What is there not to rejoice about? You once were lost, but now you're found. Does anybody remember that? You once were blind, but you now can see. Does anybody forget that? You were forsaken, and it seemed nobody cared about you, but God reached in to your troubled life, and He rescued you. He lifted you up out of the muck and the mire and set you on a rock that is higher. Let me tell you what. What is there not to rejoice about? God loves you. You're in a church family that loves you. Your pastors love you. I'm here to tell you, the Holy Ghost loves you. Jesus loves you. Father God loves you. You have something to celebrate today because God is for you, not against you.